Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Today we're reading and we're in week three. If you could turn to week three, this is what week three says. It's limitless motivation. The semester has been on a limitless mindset, a limitless mind. So it says, at times, life can be discouraging, and without the right motivation, we lose direction. However, when we find our purpose in Jesus, we will have the confidence to continue. Even when we experience mishaps, we won't lose our motivation. If we keep Jesus our focus, our motivation is limitless. Our motivation is limitless. What we need to understand is that there is limitless motivation based on the mindset that you possess. You you can't really just motivate yourself to do anything without very strong values. We are a value-driven church. A lot of people are driven by vision and mission. Well, we've learned throughout the years as we grow and the vision becomes clearer and sometimes it even changes because it's clearer. And the mission begins to readjust itself and we have to adapt but values are solidified and values remain the same because we know why we started and it's the same reason why we plan to finish so we value things so if you will turn with me to John chapter 6 if you have your Bibles if not then look at the screen we have it there for you John chapter 6 out of the New King James this Sunday morning This is Jesus talking, and Jesus said, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me. Now, I want to take a moment to insert this thought to you and help us get this in proper perspective. Keep in mind, when Jesus was referring to God as his Father, It was a totally, totally outside-of-the-box expression that the Pharisees and Sadducees in the religious world had never heard. For this reason, they called Jesus blasphemous because he would make himself equal with God, calling himself the Son of God and calling God his Father. No one had ever spoke like this before. So when Jesus refers to God as his Father, he is now making himself equal with God in every aspect of of the means of his deity or his expression of his image to be called a son of god back then was more than, than than just we see it as more than what we see it today we you and i are so accustomed to be being called or calling ourselves a child of god when we don't understand what it really meant for those who heard it They heard Jesus call God his father, and they said, who is he to be called the son of God, making himself equal with God? It's blasphemy. That was one of the reasons why they took him to the cross. So you and I have a privilege today to be part of the family of God through Jesus Christ. It's a privilege. And so this is the will of the father who sent me that all he has given me I should lose nothing, but it sh- 
but it should be raised up at the last day. So all of those that God has given me will be raised up, even though death will come, the sting of death will not, will not stop them from being mine. He's referring to eternal life. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. That's a promise. So in other words, what God has blessed, no one can curse and no man can stop. And when Jesus is in your life, he is, you're in his hands. And death, sickness, disease, sin, nothing can stop you and pull you away from the hand of God. But I want to begin by talking about the expression of his words when he referred to God as his father. He was bringing in the family dynamics into this expression of our salvation. And I'm really here to kind of convey this thought and hopefully you can solidify in your minds that, that we are not just part of a kingdom, but we are part of a royal family. I want you to think about that for one moment. Maybe you don't have family here. Maybe you're, maybe you have dysfunctional families. Maybe you're part of a dysfunctional. Maybe you were raised in an atmosphere that was kind of, you know, divided in a house. Uh, maybe, maybe your family was perfect, but, but, but in God's family, the blood of Jesus that comes through forgiveness and mercy that was shed over 2,000 years ago, his spirit flows through our veins. And you and I are connected by faith. And we are part of a family in this earth that has a destiny and has a future and a hope. And the plans that God has towards us and the thoughts that he has towards us is that of a family member and not just a church member. A family member. You're part of God's family through Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about limitless motivation. Can somebody say, Lord Jesus, bless this service. God, anoint Pastor Bobby and help him. Lord Jesus, anoint the, the, the voice, God, and our voices to reach those that are watching online. Bless all those that are watching in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Give God one more hand clap because he's worthy. That's all. It's because he's so good to us. Thank you, Father. And you can be seated. God bless you. Thank you for standing. So many exciting things happening here at Riverside Church, and we're glad you're a part of it. How many of you are excited about what God is doing? I just want to say this. Please excuse the construction as you came in. We are building a full-blown barista over there um, for our special needs community it is going to be ran. The plan and what we feel God has is for that to be ran by our special needs ministry. And uh, we have equipment coming in uh, and training trainers and the full-blown th the full -blown experience. So you'll be able to get your freshly imported coffee from around the world, freshly roasted 
on demand by our, by, our, by our resources here and also ground up and pressed and going through a high dollar espresso machine just for you. I don't know if that didn't motivate you to get a cup. I don't know what else will. And we'll pray over it too. So we pray that God would anoint it as well. And we'll pray that we'll, we'll offer collagen with it too. And that would be good for your skin and kinds of stuff. We'll put everything in there, whey protein, everything. But we're excited about that, and, and we want you to know that all of this is to help reach our community and make a difference. When you look at the life of Jesus, you're going to notice that his expression of words and choice of words is really based on the family. Even at a very young age, when Jesus began to talk, Jesus began to express how he must be about his father's business. We know the scripture. But I, I know that when he also came into this world, he said, I didn't come into this world except to do the will of my who? Father. It was all about the family. What drove Jesus was his father's will and also the future of his brothers and sisters in Christ and his father's children family it was all about family it is very hard sometimes for people to be motivated spiritually we have learned how to be motivated on the physical things of life materialistic things or you know providing a living and, and it's very uh, it's very godly to provide a living for your family and that's scriptural as well if you don't, Scripture calls you the same as an unbeliever. So it's very important. God looks at the family unit as very important. In fact, that was the first, I believe, plan God had when he created Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were husband and wife, and the two became one flesh. And for that reason, the Scripture says that a husband should leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one. And The family unit is so important. This was God's plan from the beginning. When you look a little bit closer, you'll, you'll find out throughout the entire Bible, everything rested on the family. God gave commandments and God gave direction for the patriarchs to teach their children and to, for them to carry a legacy of believing in God and worshiping God and being part of a people separated for God. They were spiritually motivated. In the Old Testament, they were spiritually motivated to acquire the promised land. Now we've got a change of motivation now for the new covenant believer that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, right? And I, I will say this, that, that you cannot be motivated or driven by the fear of going to hell because it won't last long. I've learned this by remembering 1998. Some of you probably don't know about this or heard of this, but 1988. 1988 was a year where there was a book written by somebody, an author, that wrote a book called uh, The 88 Reasons Why God is Going to Come Back. Jesus is Coming Back in 88. Needless to say, that book died in 89 was a flop but I remember going to an old church and 
and we didn't have very many people there then somebody had a video clip of that church back in the 80s and it was packed out I mean I was like wow I said that the church is packed what what was going on was it a revival said they said no it was 88 what happened in 88 he said you've never read the book 88 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 88 I said no well people were flocking back to churches they were going back they believed they had the fear driven but after 88 guess what happened everybody left fear doesn't really motivate you it just kind of suppresses you and bullies you and manipulates you so I'm not here at church because I don't want to go to hell that's the wrong motivation let me go a little bit step a, a step further I, I'm not I'm not motivated neither by by my desire to be in heaven I think it's gonna be great but there's something greater than that because even that comes in segments and seasons in our life or I believe in the back of our minds and even the forefront at times we need to be thankful that that this world is temporary and everything you can see and everything we experience isn't gonna be forever nothing is forever but God it's just a fact nothing is forever but God I don't know how many funerals I have spoken at but there's been a lot and I have never seen anybody buried with their car with their clothes all their clothes their whole closet let me be more specific I mean I and I've, I've buried the rich and the poor and I'm gonna tell you something they all are six feet under and not much difference very little belonging so everything we've got is temporary but the eternal value of our soul will be forever so what can be greater than going to heaven and I'll tell you what that's going to be is the fact that you're gonna have your family with you that's what motivates me I believe what motivated Jesus to the cross was the fact that he wasn't going to be crowned king of king and lord of lords but i i really do believe that the scripture when it says for he endured the cross for the joy set before him the joy of seeing salvations come to the cross lives being changed he said that he went to the cross and he endured it for you and i and he did it while we were yet sinners but yet christ died for us he did it for us he, he did it for us because what good would heaven be without family without your loved ones and you can think of that on the flip side of there's nothing worse to think of your children being lost but what should drive us I believe should be the same thing that drove Jesus and you can find it if you look at it very closely within the scriptures and find that model that expression of faith again at the age of 12 Luke chapter 2 verse 49 Jesus even referenced this to Mary when he was missing for three days for three days missing they found him in the temple speaking to lawyers and Pharisees and all those that were there and they said where were you son why did you do this to us why did you go off and he said to them why did you seek me did you not know I must be about my father's business? That's when my mom would have th thrown up, gotten the chunkla and just hit me right on the face. 
I'm sorry, from a distance too. It would have been over. Jesus wasn't Latino. So you, you can see very evidently that and there's a lot of good case, a lot of good evidence that, that Jesus knew why he was born. He had reason. He had purpose. And, and to go a step further, God even solidified the family unit. When Jesus was baptized, he did it out of obedience Matthew chapter 3 verse 17 when he was baptized and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased he called him a son the thunderous voice that was heard from heaven said this is my son breaking every barrier religious barrier and ideology an idea of an old covenant and an old standard covenant God establishes a new one through Jesus and he establishes the family unit and there's a lot of people who get discouraged in living for God because they look at him as God, as a taskmaster or someone who will judge us or have so much uh, God like he holds stuff against us because of our mistakes. But how can God hold so many things against us when we've got the blood of Jesus for us? and we ask for forgiveness God doesn't hold anything against us neither does any good father or mother a good dad a good mom will love their children and forgive them no matter what right I have I do they do too but the family unit is very strong talking about the bloodline your blood your offspring I'm not talking about let me just clarify this right now I'm not talking about your sister your aunts and your cousins and your whole familia especially if you're Latino here I'm just saying that you can have a peaceful family you can raise your family in the fear of God you can have a peaceful home you can have a loving home if you establish the God-given order that he has given for the church the royal family if you can focus on understanding the dynamic of the kingdom is based on the family then you can have clarity in how to raise yours and you understand more clearly that God can be pleased as a son can please its father. Hebrews chapter 11 teaches us that without faith it's impossible to please God. So that tells me that with faith we can please God. Every time you use faith. Did you know it took faith to be here? You had to trust. You didn't even think about it, whether the church was going to be open or not. It took faith to get here. I believe every step of faith pleases God. God sees the heart. 
God knows what you're doing. God sees everything. And God recognizes faith. And you please God every single day. The, every day when you talk to God is an act of faith. I think God is pleased with that. And I think that when we mess up, he's so gracious to us that all he sees is the price that Jesus paid. It's the family like it was for Jesus. It's the family that should drive us. I'm not coming to church as a dad because I don't want to go to hell. I'm not coming to church as a dad because I want to go to heaven. I am coming to church because I want my whole family to be with me. I am responsible as a father of my children. My wife is responsible as the mother of our children. And my children are responsible for their salvation and the influence of the other brothers and sisters to all live for God and to make an influence with Him. But great is our reward. We're not here for nothing. We are here together. We are here for family. We are here to keep the family strong. Family is everything. Turn to somebody and tell them family is everything. What is family? Again, I'm not talking about all your familia. I'm not talking about the raza. Okay. Got it. Family will always be there for you. Family is always there for you. If your family isn't there for you now, you've got to learn how to raise up your family so they can be. Most of the time, here, here's the dynamic of the family. What the father and the mother put into the children, they reciprocate back to them. If you want love from your children, love them. If you need support from them, support them emotionally, not just financially. That's the problem emotionally and spiritually the family is always there for you this is why as family members didn't Jesus himself say I would never leave you or forsake you so our concept to our children or our house should always be we're here for you but if they have never had mom and dad pray for them not from a distance, but up close and say, let's pray about this. God hears your prayer, first of all. It takes simple faith, just simple faith. You see, if there's a breakdown in the family unit, it begins with our Heavenly Father and us. But once that's fixed through repentance, through a turnaround, a repented heart, a repented mind. Then we reconnect. We reconnect with God. And then we can reconnect with our family. There's a secret and there are strategies for building a strong family. But unless we understand the benefits of the family, we won't take time to build it. We need to be there for each other. And, and this goes for the church because you're going to find a, a, a really close, significant uh, 
there's no really no significant difference here there's really the same applies to to god's family the royal family i call the church the royal family i call the church the god's family and your family is here and when you learn how to accept and see church should be a safe place church should be a happy place church should be a place where you come and get strength and encouragement from not feared not endured but experienced and so the family should be the same. So family brings joy into your life. Family will bring joy. You know, let me just be honest with some of you. You've got to lighten up. You have to lighten up. You have to learn how to bring joy into the family and rejoice and make a big deal about things, no matter how small they are, about good things. Not talking about drama now. Got enough of that, right? I'm just saying, learn how to celebrate. Because where are those kids going to go? When the world is knocking them down and challenging them, they've only got one other place to go, and that's the family. But when the family comes to God's family and the royal family together, and we're all here with our Heavenly Father, you get to take something home with you together that will strengthen your family. But if your family is up, whoever falls down can be picked up. The family will pick you up. The family will pick you up. But it's hard to pick up your children when daddy's on the ground, when mama's down. Mom and dad, you have to keep each other spiritually up because your children need you up. When one is down, I mean, the scripture says it, how, tell, how shall two walk together lest they agree? If one falls, the other shall pick them up, right? There's a reason for that. You can't stay down. That's why you need your other half to always be up. Let me give you a secret, man. Are you ready? Don't release all your burdens on your wife. Take them to Jesus. Because she has a lot of burdens she needs to put on you, and you teach her how to go to Jesus too. But the truth is, we're men. We're men. I know this is going to be tough. I don't care if you hate me or get mad at me. Unfriend me on Facebook. I don't care. <laughs> Block me. I don't write. Men in this hour need to learn how to be stronger and tougher for their families and learn how to depend on Jesus. He's the only one that is strong enough to bear the burdens that you and I have to carry. He is the only one that understands what it means to be tempted without sin. He's the only one that the scripture gives reference to that husbands should love their wives as Jesus loved the church and gave his life for it. The principle is giving his life for it. That's self-denial. That's sacrifice. That is, we have to pay a price. Listen, you said, will you marry me? You're the one that bought the ring. You're the one that went through all that overtime just to buy that shiny little thing on her finger. You understand what I'm saying, right? You put it on there, you got to make sure it stays there. Don't, don't look around, just keep looking forward. I'm not. <laughs> keep looking forward. I don't, I haven't been, I'm not Facebook hounding you. 
finding out. I'm not, I don't want to do that kind of stuff. I'm just simply telling you that, that there is a reason why we're have, we have the struggles in America, but not in our house. We're going to have to change it because the family is the most important entity and institution that God established first. It was important to God. And Jesus came to solidify it because the first Adam, the first husband, failed. But the second Adam said, no, 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 no. I'll drink the bitter cup for my bride. And paid a price and gave his life. So every husband should lay down theirs too. When you and I had our wife and got married and had our kids, we put ourselves last by default. And if the father cares and the family knows that daddy cares, everyone else starts to care because families care. They need to feel it. Nobody cares how much you know till they know how much you care. Families care. See, this is the importance of family. You need to come back to family. And again, I'm not talking about all the rasa. I'm not talking about all your family here, I'm cousins and aunts. And I'm talking about your house where you pay the bills. Family helps with burdens. When everyone else is laying burdens on your family, they should come to your house and your children and your wife and even husbands should come in and know that this is a house of peace, a house of love. It should almost feel like you're on vacation when you head home. I know that sounds crazy, but you do have to set up your house and you set the atmosphere and the ambience for what you want to create. If you want a house of havoc, then you will do that and create and design it for that. But if you want a house of peace, then you have to do it just like that out of design, out of intent, be intentional about your design. And you set the tone spiritually in your home by your commitment to grow healthy spiritually. Put, I'm going to tell you, put the worship music on in the house. It's a house of peace, a house of comfort, and your children are going to remember that. Don't raise, I'm just going to be old school with you, but don't raise your kids like... I mean, what in the world are you trying to do? You're getting them ready for the nightclub. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> By the way, I'm not one of those preachers that get it perfect. Right? You, you <laughs> Don't look for me to be on TV. I'm just telling you. The children know that they can come to a house where the family can love them back to good health. There's so much hate in the world. They need love in that family. I told my kids, I love them, but you're not, I can't be best friends with you and, 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 and lose that barrier because I still have to pastor them, but we know how to have a good time. I know how to laugh. I know how to create that. So the family gives you laughter, and laughter does good like a medicine. You must laugh. You must have a good time. Stop being so serious. Stop thinking if you're going to have family time, you've got to have a family Bible study. I give Bible studies to my kids. I send them messages and videos. Please listen 
great advice on here, scriptures, different. I, I, I train my kids, but there's a time to disciple and there's a time to have a good time. We, we learn in church as well. But church isn't just a place to learn and be discipled. Church is also a place to have a good time and laugh and meet friends and fellowship and do those things. It's a healthy environment. But the scripture says anyone who has friends must show themselves friendly. And here's the last one. This is very important. The family keeps you out of trouble. You want to get your kids out of trouble? Create a home they want to come to instead of going to someone else's house. Why am I talking like this? I'm going to tell you why. Because hell is after your children. Hell is after your marriage. Hell is after you. Hell is after the family. And if you don't even know it, it will slip in. A thief slips in unknowingly, will come into your home by values that are set so low even a uh, almost said me. even a small devil can hurl it your values have to be high enough where they become a barricade and hell can't get past them We lack motivation in this hour because we've lost our values. Family should be one of the number one values. God is number one. We value Jesus, but family is everything. I don't come to church because I want to go to heaven. I, I come to church because I want to take my family to heaven with me, and I want my grandchildren to go and my great-grandchildren to go. You see, I wasn't raised in church. I was a son of a nightclub owner. I had friends in that industry. I used to be connected to the mafia and some areas of my life and drug dealings and all. You don't know I wasn't raised in church, but one day Jesus found me, turned my life around, and I don't lead people to a dark place anymore to have a good time but I lead them to the king of king and the lord of lords and we still party and we still have a good time and we still dance and we still have a wonderful worship moment and still have good music but we do it as a family in a godly way it's crazy because the parallel is uncanny I'm still doing the same thing. I'm still doing the same type of business, but now it's spirit-filled. I'm about my father's business like Jesus was his, but he didn't do it for himself. He did it for the family. Hey, I'm going to tell you, there is no such thing as a perfect family. We all have our stories. All of us have our stories. There is no such thing as a perfect mom, perfect dad, perfect family. We have all made mistakes. But what we do have in common that's uncommon is the mercies of God that are renewed every single day. I'm going to give you four little points and we got to go. How many of you want four single points to know what to do to get a strong family? Four simple points to, make, to see a strong family rise out of your life. How many of you want to see that? 
I mean, if you want four points, just four little points, then I got two points, and then we're out of here. You ready? All right, here we go. Here's the first one. It's when the kids can say, Mom and Dad love Jesus. My mom and dad love Jesus with all their heart. So mom and dad, love Jesus with all of your heart. Husband, make sure your priority is to make sure that that little lady that said yes, I will spend the rest of my life with you, falls in love with Jesus and stays in love with him. Because he will keep her happy. He will make sure she's loyal to you. Wife, you make sure you pray for your husband every day. And I'm going to say something that may hair lip a devil or two. But never call your girlfriend to complain about your husband. Always call Jesus. Give him a call and tell him about him. That way you can talk to him because he can really fix the problem, not your friends. Don't let hell slip into your marriage like that. It will destroy it, but protect it. Protect your man. Man, protect your woman and make sure that you fall in love with Jesus because if you do this, you're going to end up being able to build a healthy home and you'll teach your children. So dad, love your mom, point number two. Fall in love with Jesus, but after that, apply it. Mom, dad, love mom. And mom respects daddy is a healthy environment. Are you ready for the next secret to add to that? Here's the secret to that second point, that second one, okay? If husbands will fall in love with God, they can love their wives unself, unselfishly. And when you love your wife, the wife will start to respect you the way you really want, not out of fear. You can stop giving her the eye. What? What? Don't get scared. Did you get scared? Nobody does that? Nobody's done that before? What? What's cooking? What's cooking? Or what, did that, what does that guy say? Nothing's cooking? I don't know. Anyways, that wrestler, the rock, something's cooking. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> I know what he said. I'm just being joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> YouTube and Facebook, this is not a mess up on the video. We're, I'm really messing up right now. You need to teach your kids, teach your children how to honor and respect everyone. I'm going to tell you, everyone, when you're out in the car, I'm going to tell you a little something, little something I do with my kids, my youngest boy. We were in the car, and there was a police officer coming by. He goes, watch out, Dad, there's a cop. I said, son, that's a police officer, not a cop. He said, what? I said, you heard me, boy. Why? Little bitty things that go a long way out of respect little bitty things my wife tells my son something he replies with yeah uh-uh yes sir yes ma'am you know what I mean you ever do that say the wrong thing you know what I mean 
respect and honor. But you see, I have leverage there because I've loved him, poured into him, embraced him, laughed with him, and nourished him, and, and, and showed him and prayed with him. So when I do come back with rules, he's able to receive them. Because remember, and I've said this for years, rules without relationship lead to rebellion. A lot of people can't raise their family, don't know how to raise their kids because they have no investment. So when you try to make, make a withdrawal, because it doesn't happen because you've never made a deposit. You want to get your family to grow. You want a strong family. You want to know how to get them to come to church. Start making God the center of your home, and then you're just carrying over what happens there and here. Pray at home. How hard is that? How hard is that? See, when you have a heart for God by loving God and each other, and then each other encourage each other. I mean, husbands praying with wives, that should be a, a normal thing, not being, uh, that should be something normal in the family. The kids need to see that. And here's the last one, but worship and serve the Lord together. Worship and serve the Lord together. That's so important. So important to do that together. Make it a family thing. When you've established the royal family in your heart, you'll always lead to your family being loyal to God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3, and I'm coming to a close, so hang on, here we go. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 and 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. This is right for all the kids and all the young people in here. Why? Because he says this, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. That means there's a blessing that comes with that when you choose to do that. That's right, son. Do that. That it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. There's favor and blessings that come out of obedience when you honor your mother and your father. It is a principle. Now, let's apply that to us as parents. When we honor God, our father, and when we honor him, and when we serve and love the church, which is the bride of Christ. You get it? There's a blessing with that. Number one, I want you to write this down your points. God created the family for support. Where is this found? Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 says... The Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. And I will make him a helper comparable to him. Someone that understands him. That's why God gave you a spouse. Someone that understands you. To not be by yourself. God created the family with Adam and Eve. And God never expected you and I to do life alone. But the family is so important because that is your support group. But your support group should be on a strong foundation, should have a strong source of strength, and that only source is Jesus Christ. And the only foundation is His Spirit and His Word. So if you're going to build a family, build on the rock. Build on the rock. Point number two, in that first point, if you missed it, it was God created the family for support. So when you're building your family, you have a support group for you your wife your children your grandchildren and everyone else number two god wants your family to be blessed for many generations god wants your family to be blessed for many generations deuteronomy 11 says 
And it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and, and with all your soul, then I will give you rain in your land in its season, and early rain and latter rain, that it may gather into your grain and, and your, your new wine and your oil, and it will send grass into your fields for your livestock. And you may eat and be filled and take heed to yourself, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them lest the Lord be angry and arouse against you and shut up the heavens so that there is no rain. So in other words, what he's saying is, don't forget that when you serve me, there is a blessing that comes with it. But don't forget that when I bless you, don't forget me that I'm the one that blessed you because you can start worshiping other things or those things that are providing for you. But let me remind you, if you start worshiping those things and forget about me, then I'm going to shut up the heavens and I'm going to catch your attention. Therefore, you shall lay up these words that I'm giving you in verse 18 in your heart in your soul bind them as a sign around your hand and they shall be frontless between your eyes in other words don't forget about my commandments don't forget about my instruction verse 19 but here's what I want to read you you shall teach them to your children speaking of them when you sit in your home your children need to hear the word of God out of your mouth my mom and dad didn't teach me that. Neither did mine. All I heard was, hey, tonto. Now, I don't know if I just cussed or not, because I don't know Spanish. If I did, forgive me. But you know what? I'm just saying that I... Like, I, I talked to my, my, my sister-in-law one time, and I said something in Spanish because I heard my mom call me that all my, my whole life. She goes, you just cussed. I said, my mom called me that my whole life. I thought it meant I love you. <laughs> my, mom was, my mom's been calling me that my whole life. I thought it was a term of endearment. Like I said, your mom and dad didn't teach you that. If you're raised in a home like mine, I wasn't raised in church. But don't you think that needs to stop and something new needs to begin and there needs to be a new legacy and there needs to be a new blessing and there has to be something that your children have gotten their life that they yet you didn't have. So the scripture says, speak of them when you sit down in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up, put them on your doorpost, on your gates, that your days Listen, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land in which the Lord swore to his fathers to give you like the days of the heavens above the earth. Eternity. This goes way beyond us. If you want to wake up every day, if you want limitless motivation, then wake up every day with the reality it's not about me going to heaven or hell it's about where my children are going because I'm the one leading them there but I told them not to they're not going to do anything you say they're going to do everything you do the 
The reason why I'm talking and teaching, the reason why we're emphasizing this culture and this church is because the devil is after your family. And if you ever wondered why he's after and succeeding in certain areas, maybe it's because we have misprioritized our values. And maybe it's because we have been fighting for ourselves and not for our families. And maybe it's because we haven't been intentional in raising up the standard and protecting them under the us under the direction of God's spirit and commandments to put us in favor with God. All these bad things that happen in the world, all the lives that are lost because of the virus, everything that's happening with these tragedies and wars has not been God's fault. God did not want this. He was not his original plan, but it came in when Adam and Eve dropped the ball and ate the wrong fruit and disobeyed God and sin came into the world and the devil had a heyday. And that's when sickness and disease and sin began to reign. But God's original plan was there to be a kingdom without end with the king who would sit up forever upon the throne. And Jesus came to reestablish that. But it is only by our will to conform to his will that we can can see God begin to move in our life and things begin to change but God just didn't come to save you God came to save our entire family and our children for not just one generation but for many 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 generations to come don't you think it's about time you and I broke the curse stop all the addiction stopped the bad habits and stopped hell in their track i'm going to tell you i don't care personally what the world does and what the culture says as for me and my house we're going to serve the lord with gladness we're going to worship the lord in spirit and truth we're not going to do it religiously we're going to do it relentlessly passionately and lovingly because we aren't here just to go to heaven we are here to take the whole family with us Come on, everybody. You can stand to your feet. Come on, Haley. I want to leave you with this. I want to leave you with this. Building a God-fearing family should be our ultimate goal. Having our family in heaven should be our motivation. Mama and daddy, the kids are watching. If you're by yourself and you're single and you need a family, you've got a family. If you're not married yet, if you're fixing to have a baby, I want to tell you how you live your life will be far meaningful than what you ever have to say. Kids, don't do what you say more than they do what they see. And you must become it and be the real deal. I promise you my kids wouldn't be at this church if I was living a double life. I promise you that. I promise you, they'd be someplace else, and they can go and start their own church anyplace else. Each of them, they're fully capable, and they are talented, they are anointed, but they have decided to join the family business because it's all about family. And there's strength when the family comes together. There's strength when the family comes together. If you're a business owner and you have kids, start teaching them the business. Start pouring into them. Become one with them. Most of the problem we have is that families lose their children and, 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 and they prepare them for somebody else. I want to give you a secret. This has a lot to do with what I have to say, but, but, but it's, it's, it's just kind of practical, but it's common sense. You and I have been taught to raise our kids for somebody else's dad to, to use for their business. And what we should be doing was raising our kids 
to help build a legacy God has called us to build so we can give it to them when we go. There's power in family and being united together and understanding the unit. Train up a child, teach them, but raise them up in a biblical way, in a spiritual way. That's why it's so important to be part of a spirit-filled church so they can experience the presence of God. I don't like that, Pastor Bobby, because it, it's, it's, my, it's my area. It's my area. It's my privacy. It's, my, it's none of your business. None of your business. That's what we say all the time. None of their business. It's God's business. You belong to Him. And we have to set an environment for you to express that so God can come into your life to change your heart. Who else are you going to listen to? You've got to let the Spirit of God work in your life. He loves you. He doesn't want to harm us. He wants to love you. You can trust Him. Stop being so guarded. Who am I talking to? Stop being so guarded and not letting God come in. We don't even know we, let, we, we, we put restrictions on God. It's because we've been hurt. It's because we don't trust. We've got to learn to trust God. Not me. Everything I have said today, go watch it on YouTube, find it on Facebook, download the app, listen to the podcast, and check it with your Bible. And go, re, go, go review it. You're smart if you do. But don't take my word for anything. Take God's word, but trust him. He loves you. We love you too, but not as much as he does. So we're here to connect you with him. Here's a challenge for the week for every family, and I'm going to challenge you as well. This week, have a family night this week. Have a family night this week. Not for a Bible study. Have a game night. Have a cook for the kids. The kids are like, no, I don't want you to cook. <laughs> barbecue for the kids, man. I don't know how to barbecue. With all the YouTube channels out there, do something. Why? And when you do it, hashtag family night. So you can start being an example to other families, and families can start getting together again because our children need us right now. This should be the motivation we need every day. Every day. Will you lift up your hands and let's press into the presence of God right now. Father, we pray a special anointing fall upon this congregation. I pray right now that the presence of God would fall upon every mama and every daddy. That the presence of God would just anoint them and touch them and move on their life that you would begin to open their eyes and to see, and to see and to know what the will of God is, that they would have a heart to seek you, that they would have a mindset to put you first, that they would understand the reality, God, of having children and raising them and training them, that you would give them wisdom. I know it's a time factor for a lot of people, but God, give them the time, give them the energy, give them the resource, Give them the, the anointing and the strength and the grace for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray, God, that you would just anoint every family here. Anoint them, dear God, to raise up children. That these children, Father, that there are many children 
many young people that will be business owners, that will be doctors, that will be lawyers, even some politicians, God, godly politicians, that you would raise up God businessmen and businesswomen, that you would raise up ministers of the gospel, that you would raise up pastors, that you would raise up God gifts, giftings, God, that the church needs that they would be influences, God, influencers in their community, in their schools, in their homes. God, bless our homes. God, bless our houses. Bless our families. Bless our marriages. We pray a godliness to fall upon us. Let godliness have its way in our lives. We bless you today, Lord Jesus. We thank you right now, Lord Jesus. We ask you for that type of touch today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a hand clap and tell him I love you. I love you. Now, if you're here right now and you've not given your life to Jesus, we want you to do that right now. Just pray with me right now. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I surrender my heart. I surrender my mind. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of all of my sins. Forgive me for doing it my way. Forgive me, dear God, for everything I've ever done. And I thank you for it right now. I want you, Jesus, to be in charge of my life. I surrender to you right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap one more time. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.